Meteorologist Joe Bastardi, the American Storm, Episode 10 podcast. I'm here with Jeff Byers, who remains entrenched as the voice of excellence at Penn State because of uh, who he's associated with. Jeff, say good, good day. Yeah, it's special time, and the wrestling season is underway. Good Ooh. news for all. That's exactly, And that means you can start singing Christmas carols. And, of course, uh, Jesse, the American girl. Hello. Uh, with her American girl opinions uh, that all you other <laughs> girls out there should actually have, or women, or whatever you identify as. I really don't care what you identify <laughs> as. Uh, you know, the days I identify as a schnauzer, right? Because mm-hmm. I have a go. big schnoz. All right, so uh, a lot going on. Uh, first of all, uh, major, major cold air coming in for Thanksgiving. Now, if you've been listening and watching Weather Bell and all that, we've been saying since the beginning of the month, Thanksgiving week look cold. And then we'd warm up for a time in December. And then around Christmas time, that's when winter will really start this year. And uh, I've heard through the grapevine, because I don't really go uh, trolling other forecasts, um, that uh, we're pretty much out on a limb at Weatherbell saying that this could be one heck of a winter. We've got a big winter forecast, but we think it could even be worse. And, um, you know, if, if you get on our site... You can read the reasons. We have six or seven different reasons for it. And it's just not, oh, we have an El Nino because things have changed dramatically over the last 15, 20 years because of the warming of the oceans as far as how feedbacks work. And I don't know that the models can handle it. They're all over the place a lot of the time. So uh, anyway, uh, next week and the week after going to turn very cold. I think December 5th through 20th, it warms up uh, in the Great Lakes and East, perhaps the way it's done the last two weeks, except December. And then I think, uh, hey, listen, I won't be surprised if a white, widespread white Christmas this year. And Christmas to New Year's looks like it's going to be ushering in what will be a very cold January and February. It could be the coldest since the 14-15 uh, winter season, which, of course, will then delve into economic problems because there's rumors that uh, there could be blackouts. And last winter, uh, much of the area of the United States that was loaded up with heating degree day, uh, you know, the big the big heavyweight areas were very warm. So we got out of that. And I, uh, some of the forecasts I've seen are for uh, winter almost as warm as last year. And you want to know something? I'm the kind of guy who goes, well, you know what? That, I can see how that happens. I can, I can see, always see the other guy's opinion, what they're looking at. But um, what I've got to do is, okay, I've got to make sure I look at what they're looking at and look at all these other factors that we're seeing. And also you incorporate the models in. And there, there's one model, uh, model the Japanese meteorological agency puts out, Tokyo Climate Center. I, and I, I, you know, I, sometimes I say, shut your mouth, don't tell anybody about it. Because <laughs> it's like really very, very good. So uh, it is really, I have not seen in the 12 years I monitor it, forecasting the kind of January and February it has, not even in 1415 did it have it this cold. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's always uh, interesting. And Jeff knows that I've been setting this up. And, of course, uh, I made a statement. I don't know if I did it on this show or on Twitter. I'm sure I did it. I said the, uh, the period from now through the end of next hurricane season could be the most destructive on record. Gulf Coast and Southeast Coast. It's already starting. The first big El Nino storm just uh, appeared in Miami last night. Now, that looked to me like it was trying to gather real – it was a, what we call a feedback storm. And the last time I saw that in November, 
was in uh, November of 84. They actually had that, had a storm on the 22nd, 23rd, did a lot of damage southeast Florida, and it was a non-tropical system that spun up. December of 84 was quite warm, but then we had January of 85 in the uh, infamous uh, Reagan inaugural outbreak and Super Bowl Sunday. I could still remember I was coming back from a Bruce Springsteen concert uh, down in Greensboro. And, uh, man, uh, from about the Virginia-North Carolina border to about Richmond, it was lights out snowing as you know, with the Arctic wave. I got to D.C. to get out of the car uh, to um, pump gas. It was three above zero at one in the afternoon. So by the time it was about 4 o'clock, I was coming up 520 through two through Mount Union. And the bank thermometer in Mount Union, which, of course, is the home of former Penn State coach Troy Sutherland, and there's, big, there's a big statue to it because of, not, not only because it was wrestling, but because a man could consume more ice cream than any human being. But uh, Troy, I gave him a run. I did what I could. <laughs> but, but look, it was 17 below zero. And the Steelers, the Steelers won the Super Bowl in 85, if my memory uh, serves me right, which is a stretch. But the point is, you can see how these things, uh, you know, uh, it's funny, you know, people gawking at that storm last night. Even the National Hurricane Center uh, said something. I said, wait a minute, go back and look at these two maps. And I sent it to them so they could take a look at it. So, bad winter. Uh, horrendous hurricane season, proof positive, Mr. Bastardi, as Joe Biden was saying earlier this week, that climate change is the greatest existential threat to mankind. Hey, and very we've got to do something. They, uh, 81%. And he meets with China and problem solved. China, I'm sure, is going to get right on top of this it's after just hard the talking to, to from Mr. So, Biden. I, you know, every time I, I see John Kerry... It's almost like that Seinfeld episode where um, uh, Kramer flips out every time he hears Mary Hartman's voice. I, I think John Kerry could be one of the most overrated people I've ever seen in my life. He, and there was a, a scene on the Internet with uh, one, of the, one of the senators, Senator Massey, just taking him apart on the climate change matter. First of all, you can't answer how much uh, America committing economic suicide will be able to um, uh, help the world. Secondly, China is the – if CO2 is your problem, China is the biggest contributor. They're building two coal this – is, this is insanity, watching those people, listening to Biden. I'm sorry if you're on the left. It's insanity for Biden and Kerry and all these guys to be sitting with people that are building – Two coal plants a week to what you tell me is the biggest existential threat. And you somehow think, oh, we're going to get concessions out of China. China doesn't care. First of all, they know it's, it's largely natural. Do you think China doesn't care about CO2 emissions or they don't believe that CO2 emissions are a problem? Because I I hear, when I hear that all the time, it's like, oh, CO2, CO2, this. But it's like we need to take like five steps back. And why are we all making policy based off of something that is not – necessarily science you know it's well, it's uh, hypo it's what's theoretical it's yeah, that's that, what a lot of scientists talk about it's like all science are just based on theoreticals now yeah I, I, the guy won the nobel peace uh nobel prize for physics you can't get any higher up in understanding well, 
No, not, no, not Will. Uh, John, Dr. John Clauser. Okay. I, Mar, uh, I was invited down to go down there and hang out with them in Baltimore the other day, but I didn't have time to do it. So but that's the, good. The physicists like you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he, he's not. Ha- they're not very happy with him now. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's turned around. The White House wants to talk to him because he says it's not even a threat at all. Mm-hmm. But it's just amazing watching these people get away with this. And it's the same common link. We talked about it last week. Now, is, does CO2 have something to do with it? Well, it's, it probably has, but you can't measure it. You really can't me- measure it. And again, I will tell you the warmth of this year proves my point. Because there's no way that uh, the temperature should have spiked like that. I mean, it could have kept going up and maybe been the warmest ever. But it's blowing away the records. And that's because of excess water vapor in the mm-hmm. air from that volcano last year. Uh, I was supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, because on- it's not like CO2 has spiked radically within the past. No, few- it's just it's doing the same thing. It, it, the, the, the big introduction to the, uh, the outside influence was in 1990 when geothermal spreading began to increase. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this a bunch of times. People don't want to hear it. You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, there was a major news organization who was going to have me on Saturday. And uh, they wanted to talk about the volcano uh, going off in Iceland. So I started, you know, texting back and forth. I said, this is the tip of the volcanic iceberg that's been going off underwater for 30 years that you've been seeing these things go on. And it's all swept under the rug because if you link the geothermal input into this increase in ocean temperature and the increase in water vapor in the atmosphere, it correlates almost perfectly. I mean, you can't, you can't make it up almost perfectly to the rise in temperature over the last 30 years. It's, it's absolutely astounding. And what gets me is meteorologists or Biden. 80, you know, 81% of the United States... He says this is, a, this is a, the worst ever, the United States warming at 60%. Here's what they do. It's warming 60% faster than the rest of the globe. But they don't tell you that the warming has only occurred in 19% of the stations. 81% of the long-running stations have had no significant change in their temperature. Hmm. So what does that say about the minute warming in the rest of the planet? And then you can, say the warm, warmer parts aren't getting that much warmer, right? No, it's they're not. The Where parts, human beings live, sense. it's currently 0.2 Fahrenheit above uh, average. Where human beings live, right? The, Fahrenheit. So, uh, but th- this, this, this is this goes on co- constantly in the field. And what is what you meteorologists out there? You are the heart of the atmospheric sciences. The climatologists are not. And, and I'm sorry if I sound like this, but they don't forecast the weather. They don't do anything except look back at the weather and then make judgments from it. They're never in the battle. What the heck are you conceding the field to them for? I, I, that's what I don't understand. And it must be what we're teaching our kids in school. It has to be to just roll over and play dead. You know, when I was at, when I was at Penn State, the pecking order was the dynamist. You know, the, the profs that were just all mathematical. And all. Then came us, the synopticians, the weather guys. But the climatologists were, you guys are guys that can't forecast the weather, so go <laughs> over there and tell us what happened. And they, they served a valuable base tool. Now, somehow or the other, it's like revenge of the nerds, and they're taking <laughs> over. Amongst the nerds. That's and by the way, <laughs> the, uh, the trial with Michael Mann, 
and uh, Mark, Stein. S- Mark Stein has been postponed till June again. Till June. This is. Uh, I was just, to, is he just trying to make wow. him bleed his money? Uh, yeah, like? I was DMing uh, with uh, Stein the other day. We were talking, and he says, "Yeah, this time they informed me when I was over the Atlantic on the plane." Coming to D.C. No, Apparently, yeah. the judge has health problems, but the judge wasn't very nice to Mark when Mark was having heart attacks left and right because mm. he's had two or three heart attacks yeah. for uh, various reasons and who knows. But there he was on the opening day of statements defending himself against four lawyers. Right? Mm. It, it's amazing. So, but anyway, that that's a that's kind of a crazy situation too over there because it's what it's a lawsuit that's. And I, I actually wrote this on CFAC. That lawsuit, and I got a big mouth, and I've ate, eaten dinner with Michael Mann. I think he has some real real good sides for him. I, there's a lot of his research I like. But still, you sit there. It's, if you want to challenge him, you got to think twice, right? Mm-hmm. So so what, ha- what is That's a form of censorship. Now, he's upset because he's upset because Mann called him a fraud, right? Well, let me ask you. Uh, okay. Because Stein called him a fraud. Ma- Ma- yeah, Mark Stein called him a fraud. Yeah. Well, the way you can answer, or the way you can show, you want to say I'm a fraud? Here's the data. Look <laughs> at it, right? That's like suing someone, like someone on Barstool Sports. They say, like, oh, he's a fraud all the time. Like a college football coach suing someone over he's a fraud. But, like, but what I'm saying is man could have. Over that? En- he's suing him over that? Yeah. Man, man, man could have ended the argument. By show, let your science defend itself. We just itself. want to see the data. Yeah, let your, he, let it defend itself. He 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 won't show us how he came to his conclusion. Now I have no idea. I want to see, but here's what I would like to look at: the sampling of where he had the cones. Like which cones did he weight the most? Because there's two areas specifically. If the Earth is warm, they're generally cold. Right, that's a polar Urals, Western United States. Mm-hmm. So the brifocones would not detect the ch- change in temperature that's occurring everywhere else. Because when Western Europe, the the argument is that the medieval warm period across Europe was a local effect. If you're a meteorologist, you should immediately see that that raises red flags because there's nothing that is local in the weather. But, I mean, outside it is. But if something's happening someplace, it means something's happening someplace else. Mm. Their response is called teleconnections. Every meteorologist should understand that. And when someone says, no, that just occurred independently of the rest of the planet, <laughs> I-, I call whatever. Now, <laughs> I'm not, all right. So there's the very easy. Let me, let's see the sampling size. Let's see if we can recreate it. Let's see. You Why guess, does he say he doesn't have to show his science? That's so well, weird. Who knows? That's so weird. Well, who knows? Because maybe he's afraid of the challenges. I don't know. You would think he put all that work into 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 something. You would want it published. No. Well, once it, once once it became the icon. It's very strange. Once it became the icon, and that was then it's in like, 2007. Whoa, 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 wait! Don't look at it. yeah. Mm-hmm. In 2007. When that became the big rallying cry. What, and the hockey stick stuff? Is yeah. That, the, it, yeah. It, it, that put him on the map. Mm-hmm. That put him on the map. And, you know, if you've grown up in a certain certain type of atmosphere where, you you know, you never hung out with anyone and maybe people picked on you, maybe pe- people, you know, thought you were a nerd. And then all of a sudden you're hobnobbing, hobnobbing with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, is that his name or mm-hmm. whatever, and you're hanging around, you're a big, you're a big celebrity. Huh. Heck, 
I, I'd try to defend that too, maybe, you know. So I, I was challenging people. I go, go look at the Weather Bell winter forecast. All my work is shown before the conclusion, right? That's how science is done. When you go in and you take, a, you know, when you do proofs in, in, mm-hmm. in uh, math, a trig, you have to show your steps. Mm-hmm. You don't just sit there and go, oh, this is the answer, right? Whether it's right or not. So yeah. that, that's what this is all about. And I, I don't see how this trial, 11 years of this, has gone on. I don't see, like, this is dumb. Big deal. He called you a name. Sticks and stones will break my bones. I I don't think think Dr. Mann is any... Clearly, there's been no backing off of his, like, rallying around his data because it's only gotten worse. Well, he's also, also, since he left Penn State, now, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's constant. He wants wants the elimination of the Republican Party. I mean, what what kind of of threat is... Of course, it's politically fueled. So, So, in other words... This, and this is what you see with a lot of these climate scientists. They want one-party rule where there's just nothing accepted but yeah, what they say. Yeah, how scientific is your science if, you, if you're so involved in politics or you're reliant upon politics to push your agenda instead of your data? Yeah, well, the problem is, Jesse, that politics has taken over. Science. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I, it, was, it was rhetorical. I know exactly what the answer is. It's just sad to see that it's polluting um, – the field, and it's it's sad to see that it's not competitive anymore. Because it seems like science, um, it's cool how competitive it would be. Like it was one of the few things that could be on remain untouched by politics, but now it's like it's not like that anymore. Yeah, and here's the other it, thing: I'm going to warn the meteorological community about this. You're forfeiting your your entire career and your love mm-hmm. to this worship of artificial intelligence. People are telling me how good these AI models are. I go and look at them. If the AI model was right five days away on Hurricane Lee, there wouldn't be any Providence, Rhode Island, right? Kept, kept, a couple of them kept driving the hurricane into Providence, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. right? Category 3, Category 4 hurricane in Providence. They're, they're, what I'm seeing here now is a cherry pick being promoted by major scientific organizations. They show you runs that are right. But they won't show you the runs that are wrong, right? And I've see, I saw that happen in '93, when uh, they were promoting their GFDL hurricane model and their new, um, their new uh, what we call the AVN MRF or whatever they were calling it back then, where they used Hurricane Emily and showed, look at how well it did on the recurvature near Cape Hatteras. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell you it blew the first, had two recurvatures before, so it should have never gotten to Cape Hatteras. The super blizzard in 93, all they did was take the position of the low, right? There was a run of the model where there was a 2920 low pressure system near the North Carolina coast for Saturday morning of the blizzard pretty good position forecast but you know what we get a lot of storms that are that pressure on the models mm-hmm. meanwhile the uk met and the uh european they were off on the position they had it maybe uh, up over uh, up over uh, the southern part of chesapeake bay where it eventually got to but the pressure in them was category three hurricane right so how are you saying that this model was better than this model when the one was predicting a cataclysmic storm and the other was predicting a storm that you have once a winter, mm-hmm. maybe once every two winters, if you, you know. But this is what they do. And it's been going on 
forever. Mm. I do wonder, and you've talked about it before, Joe, but the takeover of by politics of science, and I'm just thinking back to, to COVID and Dr. Fauci, and, you know, he comes out initially and says, hey, the masks aren't going to be that effective. Like, I don't wear masks. That's, that's kind of a silly thing to do. And then the politicians get hold of them, and it's like, oh, now, uh, no, you really should wear a mask, maybe double mask. Yeah, you're a bad we're, we're person have if to you do don't, this, you know. No matter what. And you think back on that, and then there were the, the studies. And one of the frustrating things uh, for me is, it, and it reminds me of Dr. Mann, too, is it's like, all right, we've done studies, and here are the conclusions. And none of the studies were peer-reviewed. Well, if they're not peer-reviewed... Or they're not peer-reviewed by, by opposition. Yeah. It's just, Correct. let's rubber so, stamp it. Yes. And it's like, well, first of all, how how effective could these studies possibly be? The virus has only been around in our country at that point for a few months. Uh, you know, if you're trying to establish the long-term efficacy of the masks... You can't, you can't. We don't have time to, to do it. Like, you might be able to say that, yeah, they seem to be effective for a month. That isn't what they were doing. They were saying, no, we we know now that they are effective. And it's like, well, but just a couple of months ago, we had mm-hmm. scientists across the board, Dr. Fauci being the leader among them, saying, listen, the, the masks aren't, that's not the answer. That's not going to save you. This is a virus. And he was right, but he got corrupted by the, I, my opinion, got corrupted by the political system and completely sold his true science in the name well, of, what true science? of trying he, to remain he, the spokesperson for the politicians on this front. Basically, he got caught funding something, gain of function. What's his Rand Paul is spot on right. It's yeah. all coming out. No, he, no you doubt. got caught doing that, so you were forced into this position that you had to do, and you, you're trying to run out the clock, which is basically going on. But that's the kind of stuff. Listen, okay, I was talking to a young, I was talking to a friend, friend of mine, a teenager, and uh, mm. we were talking about the vax. I said, you know why I didn't get that vax? Because I've seen what happens to guys that get st- uh uh, uh, steroids injected into them. Steroids are a synthetic drug. It's they're not the real deal, but they cause your body to react a certain way. But there are many downsides to them, especially if you're young. What makes you think if you get a shot of something and it produces a certain response that that response isn't going to occur across the board, right? So what happens is. This thing comes out with an mRNA. What it was supposed to do is fool your body into thinking that you have COVID and you get a reaction and blah, 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 blah. But what makes you think that if you're going to do that, the other symptoms of COVID and the other damaging aspects of COVID are not going to show up? So you get to a situation where, let's say you're 70 years old, overweight, you got two or three comorbidities. Of course you take the risk because the risk is quite small anyway to the, uh, to the COVID vaccine. But your risk of getting COVID is high enough to say, listen, this thing could help me and stop it. And uh, it's not going to cause the same problems it would cause in a 21-year-old kid. Yeah, who's working out hard. And wasn't it was like it had to do with like I, spike. It, like when you got COVID, you should not be working out because you're the effects of it were much more dangerous. So you see all these healthy, athletic, young 
it was mostly males who are seeing adverse responses to the vaccine because it's like, isn't it mimicking COVID? Yeah, and and so and so what happens is if I if I was a uh, athlete and I had COVID and one or two boosters, man, I'll tell you what, I'd be feeling like, well, how hard should I work out today? You know, mm-hmm. I I think it'd always be hand. This is me. If you knew, I feel like there are, like a lot of kids don't like don't know. They just got it. Got didn't pay attention to it. It's like this is what I should do. Blah blah blah. And then they just gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And by the way. I see that there, uh, the world, someone was saying that, uh, you know, two chapters in my book, the weaponization of weather, the phony climate war one, how COVID lockdowns would be the practice for climate lockdowns. And they were admitting it, that that's where they're going with this, that they saw that the population, if riled up enough, will respond to authoritative, authoritarian ideas. And it's their own darn fault. It's a, the only. It's our own darn fault as a society that we're not encouraging free thinking. I was uh, talking to a kid the other day. One of the things I've always advocated at Penn State, when when an uh, athlete comes to Penn State, first thing the guidance counselor should do is say, besides football, wrestling, basketball, gymnastics, what do you like second best? There's got to be something that, you know, well, maybe I like bacon, maybe I like growing flowers or something like that, whatever it is. Send the kid into that curriculum, something that they're interested in, because that's where that's, you know, when you start talking about individuality and gifts that God gave you, every single one of you out there has a gift unique to you that is meant to get you closer to the good Lord above. So if the the devil wants to stop you, he wants to he wants to get it so that you don't even recognize that gift. And one of the great ways to do that is uh, I'm going to be like everybody else, right? I'm just going to go, I'm going to go, uh, go by to get by or whatever it is in, in school. I'm going to take this course, that course, or whatever. Now, I'm biased because I knew from when I was my first memory what I wanted to do. And I understand that. And I had a father and mother that just fueled the fire, especially a father. Uh, but some of, the, some of you parents... Uh, and I'm not in your house, I don't know, but you advocate your authority as a parent when you don't pay enough attention to pick up on what the kid is really into. And it gets hard today to figure out what the kid is into because there's so many temptations to pull them away from. Video games, what their friends are doing. Nobody nobody pick, has pick up baseball games anymore, right? Pick up football games. Yeah. Uh, instead, it's just like, Oh, organize this, organize that. You got to be here at this time, here at that time. So there's no independent thinking anymore. And this is killing the core of American values, which I hate to say it. I think it's I think that this is by design. Look what happened last night. We had all these Hamas demonstrators basically try to burn down the DNC, which is fascinating because remember what happened in 68. It was the radical left that went after the Democrats in 68, right? So this is all pretty fascinating that who they're going after. It's almost uh, right. But I was looking at stuff like that. At the very least, I didn't see anybody in the DNC walking around, chatting with the cops like I saw during the insurrection. You know, the insurrection, there were 200, 300 people that were going out of their minds over there, crashing fences. And then everybody else is in the Capitol walking around, hanging around. There's a guy over there with the... You know, QAnon or whatever he is, a big, I don't know, right? Last night, all I saw was nothing but violence and Capitol Police getting beat up. But what was that? 
a largely peaceful protest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mostly peaceful. peaceful. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> all this stuff, all this stuff, you've got to go look for yourself. And we, we come on here, and from the point of climate and weather, we diverge into these other aspects because it's a common denominator of what you're seeing. And, uh, you know, like I've said before, I can't, I can't believe climate and weather is, like, involved in this. But it's actually, when you think about it, it's the ultimate challenge to the authority well, of the only our thing Heavenly they can't Father. Control. Like, yeah, it's the only thing they really, really, really can't uh, control uh, yet. And a lot again, of people think they can, and they try to. And I'm sure they try to, but they can't. Set up an opponent that you can never beat but convince people, if you come on board, we could uh, beat this. Now, before we go, I want to talk some football. Because mm-hmm. a lot of big things have happened. Mm-hmm. My fight in Texas Aggies have fired Jimbo. <laughs> My opinion was... How many years was he there? Sorry to interrupt. Six. Yeah. How much money do they? He's got $76 million coming to him. Still coming to not coach. My, 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 my opinion is what the Aggies should do is rehire Jimbo, right? Give him one more year to make good and say, we'll give you this year, but you have to then forfeit the rest of your buyout. Mm. So Now, see, why, why is that a good strategy, right? Because it will test the actual loyalty and belief of Jimbo. Because Jimbo said, well, right around the corner. Right, I, I think they're right around the corner, too. I would love to be the next coach coming into Texas A&M, all right, as long as you can hold on to the players that you have there, right? In the meantime, the university then wiggles their way out of a situation. Because you know as well as I, Jeff, a new coach comes in, uh, you know, it takes a while to get going. And this, the other thing is, they're talking about, oh, this 2022 recruiting class. Well, he redshirted them. So a lot of these guys are just playing their first years as redshirts. So what would the standard be next year of success? Like what you've would you got consider to, success? You've got to make the top four playoffs. Hmm. You, you've literally got that. There, there it is right there. And if you see him accept it, then we know he's a man of honor and of his word. But I'll tell you, I heard something very disturbing uh, from Garrett, I guess it was today. Hmm. This whole thing with uh, Moose Muhammad, whose father played 13 years in the NFL. Guy's a great wide receiver. He got benched because he wants to wear long, long sleeves. I don't know why that becomes a big problem. If that's going to become a big problem on well, your team. Why, and explain why do you want to wear long sleeves? Well, supposedly it's because of his religion. Mm-hmm. It, it has to do with his Islamic beliefs. And I'm like... Are you crazy? Let that. I don't care if the kid goes out there and plays in, you know, uh, a burqa, right? <laughs> what What do you care, right? As a coach and stuff. And uh, I, I, I was like, I would have never thought that that would be an issue. All right. Yeah. Now I know we, I know we have Penn State fans get all mad. Guys got all this bling hanging off and all this stuff, but let them go out and be themselves, right? And uh, and then of course there's Penn State. And look, let me explain to you, Penn State fans, this. If a, guy's going to, if a guy is going to catch 16 passes for 180 yards, you don't deserve to win the game. That's Ohio State. If a team is going to line up and run for 250 yards, and to show you how much progress Penn State made, last year they ran for, what, 360 and just annihilated us. At least we were in the game. There's no question, I'm sure, uh, James uh, Franklin in his better moments would say, yeah, it's, uh, look at back, that's stupid, right? 
They should have gone for one. They should have never given him the seven points with the uh, – but, but the point of the matter is Penn State is not as good despite what you believe as Ohio State or Michigan because there's glaring weaknesses that both teams who have good coaches were able to exploit. And when you have something – it's almost like me in bodybuilding. I always have to constantly try to hide my weak spots. And when you're trying to hide your weak spots, if something continues long enough, like let's say you're on stage a long time, they're going to see your weak spots. So a football game is a lot like that. So, And I was listening to the Michigan station. Uh, I was coming back from D.C. I competed this weekend. So I was listening to the sports radio, and they had the Michigan uh, broadcast team on. And they were picking out everything we were doing before they, we were doing it, right? So uh, – you know, a couple of interesting things I just comments that I've been waiting to get off my chest on A&M and Penn State. Mm. But uh, James, Frank- James Franklin is a great coach. He is a great – overall, he's a great coach. He's keeping a team and, – and, again, Garrett pointed this out. I believe we are ranked 15th in facilities, 13th or something in NIL, and 11th in overall talent. You may think that we're the greatest talented team on the planet, but we're not. I mean, you go and you go down south. If you looked at if if, so, if if one day you went over to Beaver Stadium, all of a sudden it was Texas A&M's facilities in front of you. Yeah, it's you'd a be bit saying different. even Ohio State and what, Michigan. Like, what the you can just heck? Tell. Like, and and you got a guy that's constantly producing a team, and they are they are on the verge. Well, I hopefully think hopefully with Pat Craft, hopefully our new AD. It's like we're gearing up. To be kind of like down those SEC teams with all those facilities and NIL and stuff, but we are kind of behind the eight ball on those. Yeah, teams. we are. We are. I don't behind. know what Jeff thinks, but he does. He does. Penn State. He, and I'm not biased because he's my wrestling buddy now. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a little while. Yeah, mm-hmm. blew my El Nino forecast. I should be. Yeah, did. But Penn State averages 11.2 wins in an El Nino year, so. I just thought that because so many of our unbeaten teams in national time could still get to 11. Uh, no, we're going to get to I think we'll get to 11. Yeah, depends who the bowl matchup is and obviously how kind of who plays and and everything in that for I heard both uh, teams. it could be but, Alabama Penn State. Yeah, I think that would be from a fan perspective, that's the best option out there, right? But, like that gets you fired up. I mean, uh, it's not the playoffs, but that is the next best thing. I don't know Alabama possible. loses to Georgia. Although Georgia's rolling. Yeah, Georgia, but Alabama's figured some things out for sure here as this yeah. season has gone along. Yeah. And, yeah, to, to James Franklin, listen, I, I do think it's fair, the, the big game uh, coaching. I think he's a, a good coach. Uh, and I think in some ways they have turned a corner because the until last season – Franklin every year had a loss where you're like, oh, my gosh, how did Penn State lose that game? They haven't had that the last season or this season. And we'll see. They they have to finish it up with Rutgers and Michigan State. But you get through back-to-back seasons without losing a game that you're – you're supposed to win. There are not a lot of schools that are doing that. I mean, on the surface, it's like, well – Really, we're going to praise the guy for beating the teams he's supposed to beat? Well, yeah. Again, look at USC, Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma. I mean, go yeah, down look the at list Oklahoma. of powerhouse programs <laughs> and that you... are losing those games. There's three I can think of that haven't done that. Michigan, Ohio State, <laughs> two of the teams that you have to play every year, and Georgia. And by the way, just real quickly, 
if Georgia and Alabama played each other every year, give Ohio State a ton of credit for what it's done long term and Michigan here over the last you know couple of seasons, and we'll see what happens in that game this year. But those teams are playing each other every year. Georgia and Alabama have played each other once in the last 12 years Mm -hmm. in the regular season. Well, if Penn State was only playing either Michigan or Ohio State, or if they were in the West, Penn State, the number one team in the West is Iowa. We beat them 31 to nothing. That's how we beat them like rented mules. Isn't that why they're they're shaking out the Big Ten schedules after next year, right? Like we won't play Ohio State after next year. Yeah, well, Apparently, they'll right? alternate in in and out. They won't oh, play Ohio State. I don't understand how that's going to work. Yeah. But uh, okay, they'll play Ohio State next. Well, then we have to fly Michigan. out to USC and yeah. yeah. Yeah, one more thing for the UCF almost beat Oklahoma, and then they proceeded a week after the Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma to beat that. What they went forty five to three. Yeah, how does crazy. that happen? Yeah. Uh, and UCF, UCF is a team that I think the Big Ten should go after. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a good That'd fit cool. if if you're looking for the to go down south. A great, a huge alumni mm-hmm. uh, base. Is that right? I didn't yeah. know much about oh, that. Oh, a, a huge alumni. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge. I, it would be a good fit uh, for the Big Ten. My personal opinion, if you were trying Isn't to get UCF, a school. UCF's by Tampa, right? Isn't Orlando, that where they, Orlando, Orlando. Yeah. yeah. Isn't there a huge? There, I first. I was just down there, and my godfather was saying there's like a huge Penn State group like, uh, alumni down there. Oh yeah, so there's a lot cool. of there's alumni big, in Florida. There's a lot of Big Ten people down there. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, cool. I had to speak to the uh, Palm Coach, uh, Palm Coast Penn State Alumni Club. Yeah, I was at a random farmers market in Tampa, and there were. I saw like three Iron Lion shirts, the most random Penn yeah. State T-shirts. Oh yeah, like, Penn Staters and, are everywhere. Yeah, and there were Big Ten, other Big Ten people. Huh. All right, yeah. what are we looking at Thanksgiving weather-wise? <laughs> very, story. very yeah, yeah. cold across much of the country. Very cold around here in State College. Um, there's going to be a storm Tuesday and Wednesday with a lot of precipitation, disrupting travel. Uh, probably uh, from here northeast, we may begin as some snow and sleet go to rain. A lot of rain along the East Coast Wednesday. Then uh, just a uh, probably going to be a lot of flurries and squalls and wind. And by the way, this the the system that came through here with our first snow of the season was not a snow squall system like it was labeled. This what we're going to see Thursday will be producing big snow squalls, the kind that can ice up I eighty, which is the annual I eighty crashathon occurs every year where Somehow trucks, and I love truckers, they, you know, I'm on Larry the Cable Guy. We talk about the truckers all the time. But they just, pl- they, they go down the road, they don't realize that ice is there. Speaking of Larry the Cable Guy, and since it was announced on national radio yesterday, mm-hmm. he says he's coming to the Nebraska match. Because he's buddies with Mark Manning. Are they at? Are we at Nebraska? No, they're here this. Oh, they're really? Here this year, right? So cool. he said, "I come in Friday night." Blah 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 blah. So I'm going to see if that's actually going to happen. We should have him out mid time, uh, 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 telling. The thing I like about wrestling is they get her done. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's a he's a big Husker fan. I feel so bad for him because I watch the Huskers, and the Huskers are my fourth favorite team anyway. <laughs> right from this goes way way back. Penn, uh, A&M, Penn State, Alabama, 
Nebraska. then the Huskers, because the Huskers had Boyd Epley, the strength coach, who'd walk up and down the sideline on the coldest days, and his triceps were glistening in the sun from that <laughs> 650 deadlift. Yeah. And Nebraska's the first team to bring in football, or bring in weightlifting to football. Then in the East, Maryland started. And then it's, uh, you know, it's all, all been down uh, since then. I've always felt, though, that we were always, since the age of weightlifting, our dominance on the line has not been as great, you know. But anyway, uh, so, and of course, wrestling's really getting cranking. We got the big all-star match. Yes, we next, do. This is like Penn State against the world to some yep. extent. <laughs> and uh, you know, we are you going up to... Doing the Black Knight Invitational yes. up there, Army? Yeah. So I'll be able to listen all day Sunday you will to your indeed. dulcet tones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a, uh, a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy the Well, wait a minute. Uh, Aren't we doing this next Monday night? I don't know if I can. I think we might have to take the week off. Uh, right. We're, uh, yeah. We've right. got plans going different yeah, directions a, yep. at the moment. That's yeah, right. well, we got we've, got, we've got the annual, one. it's Thanksgiving to you, Phi Kappa Strunk to me. Yeah, we have a, lot, <laughs> we a, have a record on. amount of people coming in. One thing I'm always grateful for is that, for instance, the Cunninghams are like family <laughs> to us, all right? So it's, a, it's the first time I, I just don't, even... Even today, you know, I just love hanging out with Casey. He's like a young version of my dad, right? But anyway, uh, so the Cunninghams come over, and they've been coming over since they were little kids. And they absolutely hate until, oh, Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving, the oldest boy, right? But what I love about the Cunninghams is when they are there, their presence keeps a lid on what is the explosion that's going to occur as soon as they leave when the rest of my in-laws start going wild and out of their mind, all right? <laughs> I mean, there have been Thanksgivings, folks, where I've been curled up in the fetal position, hiding underneath the bed because of what... I, I used to hate it the worst, uh, you know, 20 years ago because my brother-in-laws would come in. They were all good wrestlers. One of them, Doc, my brother-in-law, Doc, he had three losses in high school, all the Gene Mills. So mm. he was one tough son of a guy. In fact, I... I'd always look at him, but if I trained you, look out, right? And uh, uh, the, uh, we had this rivalry going. I didn't want to even wrestle him because he's brutally strong. <laughs> and I can still remember the last – when he was heavy, I could take him because he'd get tired and I could push him around. But when he was like 170, 175, and, uh, you know, hey, I'm uh, – gets drunk. Is let me beat up the college wrestler. I remember one time – I'll never forget it. You know, your dad, you want to be strong in front of your kid. I was just downstairs minding my business. He he takes me down from behind, and he throws in legs, and I can't get off bottom. And I can still hear Garrett's voice saying, come on, Dad. Or they used to call my brother-in-law, Doc, Uncle Billy. You can beat Uncle Billy. You can beat Uncle Billy. And I was like, I, I couldn't get off bottom. On, on my brother-in-law, right? Which was, you know, if you're a Penn State guy, not getting off bottom is everything. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this. I, here's my wrestling story. So this has been going back and forth. One Christmas, I just started taking creatine. And the first three weeks I took creatine, I just was like, because I obviously had a creatine deficiency. I just thought I was Superman, right? So we're going over to Doc's for Christmas. And I'm like, Man, I hope he jumps me now. I hope oh, I'm ready, right? So sure enough, 
has a couple scotches, takes me down. His and his daughters were only four and two then, Carly and Mimi, Amelia, and they climb on top of him. I hit him with this roll. The whole everybody went flying everywhere, and uh, his wife starts screaming at me. Right? Not his wife anymore. Though. Yeah, not his After. wife anymore. The commissioner, right? But I'm like, your husband comes in, beats the tar out of me all the time. Uh, for one the time, one time I yeah, was on my I'll Korean never G9. forget that. You know, when Carly, I see Carly and Amelia, I say. Remember that Christmas we were there? The one time I got your dad. Anyway, okay, so holiday memories. uh, I saw a dog today dressed up in Christmas outfit, hanging out the window. uh, Yeah, we'll be in full Christmas spirit next time. Yep, and you're allowed to sing Christmas carols because it's wrestling season. (laughs) And uh, so I'm going to sign off now. The sign-off is taking 15 minutes to go (laughs) because I finally got some carbohydrates in me. Uh, So enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got.